This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Salutations and welcome to the Palace Preview Podcast from Back of the Nest. Our first trip of the season is up to Yorkshire to face Sheffield United in what will be a quite a difficult game, I'd imagine. Right, so we've got a brand new panel for the preview show this year. Um, joining us all this season will be Pat, Patrick O'Connor and Chris, Christopher Clark. I'll start with Patrick. How's your summer been, mate? Very good, thank you. Been enjoying it, did some travelling, a lot of golf, watch a little football. It's been good. Yeah. What about yourself, Chris? Sticky mute button there. That's a good start, isn't it? Um, so, uh, yeah, no, not a bad summer, thank you. I mean, one of the things that has been consuming me has been the government's vindictive attempt to close ticket offices on the National Rail Network. So I've been out leafleting a lot about that uh and also just doing a lot of kind of my usual labor and trade union activities uh but you know really looking looking forward to getting back to the pub and getting back to the palace yeah for myself i've been mainly watching cycling tour de france and then the world championship started um i i know exactly what patrick thinks about cycling. yeah we're not we're not doing this are we please don't do this don't do that and me. uh of course we had the netball world cup and oh, we've got the Women's World Cup going on as well. What were your thoughts on that so far, Patrick? The Women's World Cup. Well, as you know, uh, living in America, the Americans are the were were are the two time world champions. So it's very popular over here. So I've been watching quite a bit of it, and um, there's a palace element to it. Um, you may or may not, my parents are from Jamaica, so I follow Jamaica quite closely, and they made the knockout stages. And Paige Bailey Gale for our women's team was on the team. Unfortunately, didn't get any time any playing time. Uh, which is unfortunate for her, but the team did very well. They lost uh, a couple of days ago to Colombia, one nothing, and now Colombia play England in the quarterfinals. So that should be fun. So it's been a, it's been a very good tournament. I've really enjoyed it. Time difference has been a bit of a pain. Australia might be fifteen hours ahead of America. Uh, America, so I've been getting up at literally getting up at two o'clock in the morning or four o'clock in the morning to watch the matches. But it's been a really hang I've really on, enjoyed hang it so on. far. Can yeah. you be fifteen hours ahead? I thought the maximum was twelve. Is it given that? But anyway, 
that's for another time. Maybe our listeners can. I uh, said I said about. So if twelve fifteen is about the same number, that's what I meant. If you're saying <laughs> if you're saying technically that you can only be twelve hours ahead, then I guess at least twelve hours ahead. And you sense. had a go at me on the WhatsApp about my maths. I don't it's know. Not great. It's not great. It's not great. It's it's school holidays though, so we don't have to be able to do anything exactly. teaching. Exactly. Chris, have you been watching the uh, Women's World Cup? This is going to sound terrible, but no, not really. Not out of a lack of interest, just because the timings of the games are not hugely helpful. I did see one of the group stage matches, but uh, you know, with, with the timings, it's just not been convenient. So you know, I've, I've been all over the place visiting family, etc., and just haven't really kept up to speed. But it's pleasing to see that England are doing well. Family, etc. Okay, we're going to f- start off with some news. Um, Chris, you were involved in our first bit of news, the biggest signing, uh, Franca. What what happened with the uh, reveal? Tell us. Yeah, so the, the reveal video came out at half-time, uh, or it certainly was shown at half-time during the pre-season friendly against Lyon. And... As it as it started, you know, Franca came came on and he did did his little interview, and it was it was really positive to hear his excitement. It sounded genuine about playing in front of our fans and exciting us during the season. Uh, he and they cut in loads of crowd scenes, um, but one of the first ones when they were talking about the when he was talking about the crowd noise uh, and the the passion of the fans was a clip of Blocky in the Homesdale, and you could clearly see Dr on the edge of the picture. And just about half of my face as well. So I'm not claiming that I'm a big part of this story by any means, but it's great to see an exciting young talent come into Palace. And it was, and you know, and I'm not just talking about DR, I'm talking about <laughs> Franca as well. Oh, that's good. That's good. Now he's injured, apparently. Do we know anything about that? Uh, Roy Hodgson's uh, turned around and said, um, well, actually, he stared straight ahead and said he didn't turn around. Um, Roy Hodgson said that he's going to be unavailable for the first few games. But I, I've scoured and I can't see anything else about his injury because he was on the bench for his, the last few games he could have been for uh, Flamenco. Does anybody else know anything about this? No. No? Shaking their heads. But it's the Palace way. Um, the next bit of news concerns uh, a bit of a favourite of... Uh, us at Back in this Towers, is uh, Vicente Gaeta's apparent refusal to play in any of the pre-season friendlies simply because Sam Johnson's better than him. Um, Roy Hodgson has said that he's become disenchanted. So, to me, that smacks a little bit of unprofessionalism. And if he does indeed want to go and play elsewhere, how do you think, Patrick, that's going to look for other clubs who might think they can sign him? Well, first, are you sure it's because he's you sure it's because of the Johnson thing? I mean, that, that hasn't come out. No, he's never, no one knows what no one knows. Besides Roy watch interview, besides Roy saying he doesn't want to train, no one knows why the reason is. So I have no issue with it right now until we find out the truth behind what it is and then we'll I can go from there. But I don't know why he doesn't want to train. It might be a personal issue. So I know people I've seen people talking about it in a couple of our group chats about getting him out of our club, etc. But I mean I haven't heard the exact details of why he doesn't want to play. I just know that Roy made it very clear that he refuses to um to train right now. So until I get more details, I don't even really have a a reason to uh uh you know worry about what's going on with him. Honestly, any thoughts on that, Mr. Clark? Well, he's been a, a really good goalkeeper for our club. 
Uh, he clearly has enjoyed playing for us. He's got his kids in local schools and he's really actively involved in the community. So it'll be a real shame if he does uh, decide to move on. Couldn't blame him, though, if he's not getting first team time and if he still feels that that's what he wants to do at this stage rather than move on to coaching or whatever. So, you know, yeah, I, I think it'd be a real shame if he moves on. But, um, you know, I, I hold, bear him no ill will for that because, you know, if you're a footballer, you should want mm. to play. And, you know, I can yeah. understand he'd be disappointed at not getting game time. Imagine Gyro had the same attitude. But Roy did say he, Sam Johnson, is the only choice at the moment because Gaeta is disenchanted with the club and has said he would like to move on. He's refused to play in our games so far. A complication is that he has a year's contract. It's up to the club to decide, not him. He's made it clear to everybody he doesn't want to be here and compete with Sam Johnston. I can't physically make Guy to play, but it's not certain the club will accept his refusal to play and they'll let him go. So, I, I have a question. Go on. Which I need the answer to. He, he, was, he was set to go at the end of this season, just gone, and he signed a new contract. Now, why would he sign a new contract and then not refuse to play? It makes no sense. So obviously he was promised something and that promise wasn't upheld. Otherwise, he'd be gone already because there was no reason to sign a contract because everybody thought he was leaving at the end of the season anyway. I was on that impression anyway. He's going back to Spain. So the fact that he signed the contract and then doesn't play is very strange. That's why I want to know more about this story because the story makes no sense to me. Him signing a contract and then not being able to play or not being chosen doesn't make any sense to me. It's very efficient. Perhaps, it's very efficient. perhaps we will never know. But I did notice today a couple of the red tops I was saying that we might be in for the no. chat from Southampton. No. Uh, or we had Alex before. McCarthy. Alex McCarthy. Yeah. No, no. We're not doing this. We can't go back to Alex McCarthy. We just can't do that. We can't. <laughs> do you remember Alex McCarthy? Do you remember that? Do you remember how good he was when he was here? Yeah. We can't. Palace, that's a very palace thing to go back to a keeper who wasn't any good for us the first time. We can't do that. We just cannot. It's like saying Ben McWayne Hennessy. It's almost like saying being with Wayne Hennessy. I mean, he wasn't as bad as Hennessy, obviously, but and and the guy from that's the same guy that played against us last year. We won a game two one. That keeper, no, yeah. I don't want that Leicester keeper. No, 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 please don't. And uh, who a Leicester keeper? Yeah. Um, yeah. More news. Uh, Jimmy Mack has announced his retirement. I know we've we said about last season about um, what a brilliant servant he was. So I'll just echo that. Any anything to add, anybody? Just to want to add again, I just think he's been a he's just been the, the ultimate professional for us. He came in at a time we needed a player like him. I'll never forget that that midfield of uh McJedley, MacArthur, Jedi and Ledley was so good for us at that time. So again, I'm gonna miss him because again, the way he was around the other players, just the way he played for us, his technical ability, box to box, goals that he scored. Really going to miss Jimmy, Jimmy McCarthy, Jay McCarthy. Shame he got injured at the end of his career because I would like to see him to gone out on a bigger note. But no, really one of the one of the best times we've ever had in Premier League for sure. Yeah, and just to last... start, add. Oh, sorry, just to add to that, um, he obviously took our team to a different level. Actually, if you in terms of if you look at the midfielders we had at the time, he was a different class, and he's then grown into that role of being the team leader, a captain who isn't who's never really been the captain, but. He's clearly a captain-type figure who commands respect across the squad. Uh, I hope he moves into coaching or management or something like that. Whether that's with us or somewhere else is not for uh, discussion now. But uh, you know, wish him all, all the best in retirement because he's done an absolutely fantastic job for us. And some people are talking about him coming back as a coach because we've got Derry and such. Like, I mean, it was a big influence 
in uh, in the squad there. Um, can you see that happening at all? I'd love it, but we'll see. I'd love them to come back as a coach. We'll see, yes. Okay, we'll move on to um, the Yorkshire Scallywags, uh, Sheffield United, who've got the most Yorkshire-sounding manager ever, Paul Hicking- Heckingbottom. I mean, how, how Yorkshire can you get with a name? Um, his biggest complaint is that he's short on numbers. It sounds like a lot of other teams are having a terrible pre-season. Sorry, that's the cat trying to get out of there. Um, their pre-season, they drew 0-0 with Estoril, got beaten 1-0 by Rotherham, lost to Girona 2-0. Their only win was a 3-1 against Derby, and they lost yesterday to Stuttgart 3-0. Um, they've had seven players leave or been released, uh, including Billy Sharp. And um, their top scorer from last year, uh, Ilian Dai, um, it seems like they're having a terrible pre-season. Now, I know, Patrick, you said they've signed a few players, but, but they tend to be younger ones who might not feature in the first team. Any any thoughts? Well, you missed one. They lost Sander Bergler today left for Burnley, which is a yeah. massive miss for them. So, uh, Bergek, six goals, five assists last year. Um, I had 14 goals and assists. They've lost a lot of goals from that side. They, their issue is they have a FFP issue. Um, I think last year they were under a transfer embargo, which is why they haven't signed any older players. They've only had to sign younger players. So their issue is going to be going forward, whether they can actually sign players. But Austin Trusty, who they got from Arsenal, is a decent player, centre-half, American, played in championship last year for Birmingham. So you're right, they have signed some younger players. But, I mean, the issue is they had the embargo last year. So they're going to, they're going to struggle this year, clearly, because they just don't have enough quality. And losing Bergen... Enjoy is going to be a massive loss for them. Exactly. Um, and how are you feeling, Chris, about playing a team that's just come up in the first game? Because we, we still have nightmares thinking about Huddersfield, don't we? Well, yeah, we've got a mi- mixed record, it's fair to say. And indeed, I remember, I seem to remember us playing uh, Sheffield United first game of the season away a good three years ago when they first came up. And yeah, everyone thinking, well, that'll be a nice, easy one. And it absolutely wasn't. Uh, they shocked us. One nil at their place, and uh, so yet yeah, we we have a tradition of not starting seasons well. If we can't beat this lot with the problems that they've got right now, then you know that is indicative that we need to get into the market a lot more than we have. If on the other hand we do get the result, then that's one of the three teams below us that we need to retain Premier League status. And I know that that's. Um, you know, I mean, bingo for me. That's the first time that anyone's uh, said that about looking down and having three teams below us and survival and all that. But that is the life of a Palace fan. I was discussing that with my dad when I visited the other week. And, you know, that is my worldview is have we got enough to keep three teams below us? I think we have. But we'll, let's talk about that some more. And was the etc. that you visited with your dad as well? <laughs> uh, no, my dad didn't come to the etc. I've been having uh, a look on the Sheffield United forums um, and they think we're going to stuff them. Um, They think that um, because they've had such upheavals that um, it's going to be tricky for them uh, on the S24SU forum. And I know forums are so 2001, as uh, Chris Hambling said in our WhatsApp chat earlier, um, saying... That there are very influential big personalities missing from the dressing room. 
not least their former leader, Sharp, who irrespective of whether he would have played many minutes this season, he would have been important to the squad morale. We could have said that about Jimmy Mack, actually, couldn't we? Um, it's the reason why Hecky wanted him to have another contract. Given the nature of the challenge ahead and the requirement for strong mentalities, and the fact that the board have declined to give the manager what he wanted was the first red flag of the summer. Regarding the people running the club, they know the price of things, but not the value. Palace have the power and pace to hurt us. We've got good defenders, and they've shown that they can sit in and defend well against possession-based teams. They hate pace, however. I won't be surprised if it's a similar outcome to when Palace ran in five on the counter-attack against the Dirties. Obviously, Leeds, that is. Another team hampered by a slow defence towards the end of last season. Um, what do you think of that, uh, Patrick? It, it sounds familiar, doesn't it? I mean, it does. And I understand. I mean, they're a newly promoted side. I understand that they would be looking down on you know, that first match against Palace. But I'm pretty sure they're going to be this match for more most of all of it. I won't be surprised if we lost, to be honest. So, we'll see. Yeah, um, a lot of talk on the forum is about the, the atmosphere at Bramall Lane and how loud it's going to be and how it's up to the team to keep that going because they'll be very, very quickly deflated um, if Palace can get one in, uh, which I think um, Royal will be wanting us to do. Um, so, we spoke a bit about them. Um, how do you think we'll approach the game, Chris? Well, I would hope that we come out on the front foot. We've seen uh, a signal of intent. I've not watched all of the pre-season games, so uh, you know, yourself and Patrick may wish to correct me or add more information. But I felt quite confident, having watched that Leon game, uh, with the way that we set up and the way that we, you know, at the end of the day, my man Jeff Schlupp managed to, um, you know, put us ahead, and then we we managed to add a, add a second. Pretty happy with that, and you know they're, they're a decent side. They're not a um, pub team by any means, so you know you, you can you can take them seriously, Leon. And you know we, I think we we gave a good account of ourselves in that game. If we play with that level of determination and with frankly with that exact starting eleven, then I'm fairly confident that you know we can get a result here because we have got that pace. I'd like to see a little bit more. Uh, in terms of attacking options, you know, in terms of signings, etc., and we haven't done that business yet. And there is a, obviously a threat to a number of our key players. In ter- you know, in, there's a question at mark over their future. Elise, particularly, Decore has been questioned, and two centre backs as well. So, you know, that, those questions are important. But am I confident about this specific game based on the preseason? Yes, I am. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about our preseason. Um, how much can you read into it? I know that I've just said that Sheffield United had an appalling one. And I've always found in the in the past, the better pre-season we've had, the worse we performed for the first few games. Um, and it's been vice versa as well. Um, just coming away from the Sheffield thing, I forgot to mention it earlier, Pat, you went to one of the um, games in America, didn't you? Which one was that? I went to the uh, the match in Chicago against Columbia inside Millenarios, the one we lost 2-1 on a penalty. So... It was nice. To, it was nice to see Palace in person. I hadn't seen them since the Cup Final of 2016. I made this decision to go to Chicago because I've never been there before. And a bunch of my mates across the country, from Detroit, from Philadelphia, New York, were going to be there. I actually saw there um, Ben Nagel was there, and Tom Fassett was also there. Sat next to them for the whole match, which was really nice for back of the nest uh, past. 
um, it was just great to be at the match. I mean, um, you know, not seeing Palace in person, you know, you watch different things. I, I you know, I wanted to watch like how Mateta ran off the ball, how Ahmada was in person, that kind of stuff, which is really great to see. And you know, we lost. I really enjoyed being there. The fans from the Colombian side were they were brilliant. They had uh, banners. They had they sang. They stood up the entire time, bit like DHF does, but. Uh, more festive because they had a lot more women involved, which is really great as far as like just the whole atmosphere. But it was yeah. great. Um, and I did a little vlog actually. So if you wanted to take a look at the vlog, I did a vlog on it and uh, Dion put it on the back of the Nest and YouTube channel. It's about eight minutes long. So, but it was fun. It was again just great to see Palace play. The result meant nothing to me. But just going to pre season, uh, you were talking about that. For me, pre season is about a couple of things. One is just getting the fitness up, avoiding injuries, and obviously getting the betting in the players. And I think Roy did. Preseason was very good. From the away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Severe game, which was Detroit after Chicago game. He played the same team for the next couple of matches, the same team playing against Lyon. And I think that's a good way to kind of, uh, you know, get the players, you know, understanding how we want to play and that kind of stuff. My issue, and I agree with Chris, the one that played Lyon will probably be the one that starts against Sheffield United. We need a, we need a left back. I mean, I love, I love Joe Ward. And I love Nathaniel Klein, but they're not left backs. And this, I guess, at this point now, Klein's playing left back. I know we're close to signing Lewis Hall from Chelsea on a loan, which would be great. Uh, Mitchell's still injured, but again, that's the only issue for me right now with our, with our lineup. Honestly, getting that left back because you know with the lineup, we've lost Wilf, we've lost Elise. We don't play as wide, but I got to give Wade credit again. He's he's adjusted a system where you know the out, outside guys like Eze are tucked in more. We're possessing the ball more. And use, we're playing to Reze. So I like what he's trying to do. He's using the personnel in the right, right way, which I think is really good. So, And, and lastly, um, Chris, you mentioned Schlupp just now. Uh, Roy did an interview with Roger Bennett on Men in Blazers. You should actually, it's on YouTube. Check it out. And he just racked lyrical about Schlupp as, as a player. He loves Schlupp. He talked about how Schlupp as a Olise Zaha just gave Palace a lot of speed and power last season, which is why we played differently last year. It was 10 matches. So if you get a chance, check that out. But um, yeah, he's a big fan of Schlupp, and that's why he plays. You know, credit to Roy. If he likes to play, he's going to play him. So, Schlupp was a re- revelation when when Roy came back in, wasn't it? Well, as a lot of players were, but he he was much much maligned, but much improved. Um, I didn't see the Millenarios game because um, a I was on holiday, and b time difference. Uh, it was time difference. It was seventeen hours ahead of where I was. <laughs> I was only going to be 12 hours ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm messing about. Chris is asking, did you have pizza in Chicago? I act, Oh, so great question. Yes, I did. Um, I know that. Um, who was it? It was Mateta, Tompkins, and 
Was it Remy Matthews or was it Hughes? Who who did the pizza thing in Chicago? Whatever Jones, they did the whole, wasn't it? No, they did the tea. They did tea and stuff. It was actually, it was Ward Hughes and Chris Richards did the pizza in Chicago. I did do Chicago uh, deep dish, and it's very very good. Highly recommend. It. I'm not even a food person, and I said to my wife, we have to we have to try the pizza here, and it was very really good. So yes, good good call, Chris. Pizza in Chicago, highly recommended. I had a pizza in. Uh... By Lake Garda, that was rubbish, and then I met my son in Padua. Yeah, and then I met my son in Padua, who's been out there uh, for a month and had pizza there, and it was the best pizza I've ever had. So, there you go. Um, Back to the football, back to Sheffield United Palace. So, head to heads, Palace um, have won twenty three, Sheffield United have won twenty two, and we've drawn twelve games with them. Um, I wrote a little bit about the ref, John Brooks, the ref. Um, I don't, don't like him. Well, he's, he's looking, he's, I've just looked at Premier League. Um, matches is ref in the Premier League. The home teams won 43.5% of the time. The away teams won 21, 26% of the time. Um, he's only ever made one sending off in the Premier League. And it was against Palace as in the team who were playing Palace. Do any of you know who that could be? It was Dibari Gray, funnily enough, who we were linked with um, in our nil-nil draw against Everton. Everton. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So that's the ref. Uh, I haven't heard of the VAR bloke. Um, Talking of VAR and refs, what do you make of these rule changes, Chris, with the extra time being added on, the not allowed to crowd around the ref? Um, only one of the coaching staff allowed to be at the edge of the technical area. The others have got to stand back, so you won't see two, two of the coaching staff at the edge. Um, any thoughts? As long as they're applied fairly and consistently, then I would be very happy with those. All of them seem sensible uh, measures. We saw it during it worked pretty well during the World Cup and women's tournaments where they've um, made allowances for the fact the ball is out of play for a ridiculous amount of time. And they've added in the the necessary measure. I mean, we've benefited from it over many years, the dark arts of you know, taking ages over a free kick or a goal kick. Now, if we can't benefit from it, but no one else can as well, then that's fine. My suspicion is that we're still going to end up with the non-level play, playing field of the top six getting away with all manner of things and the non-fashionable clubs being disadvantaged. But that will be measurable. And let's see. Right, I've got a few questions about our um, matches against Sheffield United over the years. When was the first league match between the two teams, do you reckon? What do you reckon, Patrick? No looking it up, I can see your hand moving. No, I had my phone in my hand for something. Uh, I don't know, 1930 maybe? Oh, you're well out there, Chris. I would have gone 1920s, so that, that puts me lower, which gives me the advantage if it's, if it's earlier. Our first league meeting was the season 68 to 69 mm. when both yeah. matches ended 1-0 in fact our first game ever against Sheffield United competitive game was a cup game in 1958 where um, Sheffield United won 2-0 wait okay we, was that wait was that a first division game 68 69 was that a first it was a second game? division game we, we played them um, yeah. a yeah. couple of seasons later in the first division right okay what do you reckon our biggest win against Sheffield United's been Chris, go first. I already messed up before. 
Not big, I suspect, but 4 0. Mm, you're I'll close. Go, I'll go 3 0, I guess. Then. That was 5 1 in December 1971. Oh, six, okay. Yeah. On the 18th of August 2019, we lost, uh, Chris alluded to it earlier, 1 0 away. Who in our current squad was involved then? Joel Ward, I would guess. Joel Ward, yep. Guaita. Yep, he was in goal. Two others. One came on as a sub and one was on the bench and didn't come on. Gyro. Jeffrey Schlupp came on for Max Meyer. There's a name from the past. He's now in the Where Are They Now file. And one more. So I've called out Riedeveld, but I think that's wrong by the... He, he was squad. with us, but wasn't in the squad. Right. Well, yes, I know. Are you? Are you? Well done. Oh, Jordan, yeah, yeah. Excellent stuff. Um, I've just had some news in that I've seen from uh, the Twitter, or the X, as it's now called. Uh, apparently, Killian Phillips is going to Wickham, and Scott Banks is going to St. Pauli. Um, Scott wait, Banks, wait. I thought we'd have kept hold of him. Wait, Fionn oh, Mooney also went to... Fionn Mooney went to um, Real Valaya did on a permanent earlier today. Oh, right. I so, didn't see that one. Yes, yeah, interesting. I, um, I think Banks is a permanent. I heard that. With, is that St. Pauli? Yeah. That's supposed to be a permanent deal, by the way, which is not great, but mm-hmm. he wasn't going to get a chance anyway. Phillips, interesting. Where did he go, you said? He went to where? Uh, Wickham Wanderers. What league? Is that League One? I think so, yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, we're playing them in the Papa John's Trophy in a month's time. We are. Will he be cup tied? Well, he won't have played for us. <laughs> in that oh, I suppose so. No. I suppose so. Yeah, and um, that's interesting. Yeah, and of course we're recording too early for the League Cup draw um, or the Carabao. Is it still Carabao this season? It's yeah, Carabao. It is. I'm watching it now. Um, who would you like to get, Patrick? Anyone we can beat, and I'm being okay, very fair serious. enough. Yeah, anybody yes. can beat. Chris? Like Patrick, anyone we can beat, but also preferably one of the 40-odd football Grand you haven't been to. Yeah, yeah I haven't been to. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I do fair. want to build That's up to fair, the 92. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I'm hoping for Charlton because it's a bus ride away. You know they lost see. yesterday, right? Oh, you know, they? Tony Millwall, Tony Millwall both, they both lost yesterday, yeah. So that's Shame. what happened for you, unfortunately. Sorry about that. That's a that's a crying shame. Okay, before we move on to our season's predictions, um, what are your predictions for the Sheffield United match, Patrick? I hate predictions. I really do. I said before that's we're going to lose because uh, one nil Sheffield United just to be funny or not funny. Yeah, one nil Sheffield United. Makes Christopher, sense. two nil Palace. Schluppy scores first. <laughs> okay, love it. Excellent. Love it. And uh, where's Fofana on goal? Yeah, I was going to say 3 1 Palace. I, I think um, we're better than I mean, you were going to say. Wait, are. wait, wait. You were going to say, are you going to say? I don't know. You just said it. Are you going to say it again? Or are you, I don't understand what that says. I was going to 3 1. Because you just said 3 1. So what are you trying to say? 3 1? I predict 3 1 to Palace. Because, you know, I'm only saying that because last year, DR, one of our shows, predicted a Palace win, a loss, and a draw for the same match. So In what I'm time thinking, frame? What do you mean? What do you mean? What time frame? In like a well, was it? 20, 20 seconds, he said we're going to win, we're <laughs> going to lose, and they're going to draw. I can. I'll, I will point you to the YouTube show, and he wasn't joking either. That's how he predicts. 
it's hilarious that I mean, at some point when when you're over here for a run of games you have to stand next to DR at a game because it's a real entertainment you'll enjoy it it's going to be great I mean definitely stand next to me as well if if you're standing in the normal (laughs) spots with us then you'll be between us so that'll be great it's always entertaining (laughs) that's good so some predictions from us, and then I'll go over to social media because we asked over there on what we what we thought we'd do this season. Um, so, Chris, first, I'm going to ask you, what position do you think we'll finish in and with how many points? 13th, 42. I'm not that optimistic, you know, by my standards. I think we'll stay up, but... I don't think we're going to move upwards this year. I think we'll we'll lose at least one key player probably before the end of the window. And but I think we'll be good enough to stay up. Okay, Patrick. Well, question. I was I was going out for a second. I was Mikey had a comment that I forgot to address. But um, what was what was the question about points and what position? The uh, where we'd finish and how many points we'd have. Uh, right now, based on the squad that we have now, fifteenth. 59 points. See, I, I'm, I'm a lot more positive than that. I said on my little uh, TikTok video that my kids took the piss out of me for, it wasn't meant to be TikTok. It was just Mikey asked us to do it. And then suddenly the kids are telling me I'm on TikTok and I've never, never expected that. So thanks, Mikey, the producer. Um, I said ninth, simply on the back of how we performed at the end of last season. And I thought we were really, really positive. The transfer window is not over yet. We might be getting people in. We haven't actually lost Elisa yet. We might not lose him, especially given his injury. January might be a different proposition. Um, most of the games are towards the end of the season were without Wolf. And we were playing with Panache and Azure de Vivre that, that showed us what we could do on the Voy. Um, so I'm going to stick with that ninth. And I'm going to say we're going to break our... Well, we won't break our points record because obviously the season we finished third before the advent of the Premier League. But I can see us 53, 54 points, given the other teams in the seeming mess that they're all in. So can I push okay. back on that, please, Nick? Uh, yes, OK. You, you're saying ninth, right? So I'm going to name some teams, OK? Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, Newcastle, Villa, Brighton, Tottenham. That's 10 teams. You think we can finish ahead of any of those 10 teams? Seriously. And take your Brighton, you know, bias aside, because I know you're going to mention that, you know, they're in Europe, blah, blah, blah. You think we can finish ahead of any of those 10 sides, honestly, with the squad we have right now? Um, yeah, I think we'll finish ahead of Brighton because I think they'll struggle with. Uh, I don't know that. That's the Brighton Europa bias. Stuff. I think the, but, but, but what uh, about... Spurs are going to lose Kane, possibly. <laughs> okay. Um, Villa, perhaps, maybe, yeah. But I, I think we can, we can get there because I think we're better than all the teams that you didn't mention, and I think we can finish above one of them. And you never know; Frank Lampard might get a, a job temporarily at any one of those clubs he mentioned. Um, we shall see. I asked on the Facebook for some predictions for our league position. Uh, Debbie Swansborough said that she's going tenth. Uh, Mark Drew. He's gone for 15th. He says we'll struggle to score goals because teams around us are investing more 
not West Ham though. Uh, top 10 finish quote by the board seems a long way off. What do you make of that? Have they set us up to fail there, Chris, saying that will be a top half finish? Well, it's a challenge. I mean, but it's always good to have a, have a stretch target. You know, that's what you should be doing. Uh, with the resources that Roy and the, you know, the team have been given in terms of the current playing squad, I think it's unattainable, frankly. Uh, so yeah, that's I, I think set up to fail is possibly a bit harsh. On the other hand, if if we end up finishing, let's say between eleventh and fourteenth, and Roy's sacked with ten games to go or something, I would say that was harsh and he'd been set up to fail. But if we get to the end of the season and we finish between eleventh and fourteenth with the squad we've got, then I think that's success. And you know, you'd have to just recognise that the target wasn't realistic with the squad we've got. Liam Talbot is uh, very, very positive. He, uh, he First of all, he says shout out to Dee and the YouTube team who's kept him sane over the summer and off-season. My prediction, says Liam, is seventh. If we keep everyone, then actually this will be seen as a successful window. We have six players linked with the top six clubs. Can't remember anything close to that since the 1990 team, which actually says a lot about how far we've come. As a check, Elise Gay Anderson. Okay, we lost Wilf, which is a shame. Even Sam Jay was linked with a move away. He does say, though, that he's worried for the end of the season, next season, with the rumours of the Elise buyout clause. As they will only have a year left. Gay will surely want to go. Well, we, uh, yeah, and we're going to lose half our team in the next 18 months if we're not careful. Uh, the model seems to be like Southampton's, which worked for a little while until it didn't. Uh, Mark Vincent is probably 10th, but, and it is a big but, under PV, we lost our way, and I believe he ran out of plan A's, let alone having a plan B. If we can turn the draws from last time out to wins, we could finish maybe 7th or so, but I did say it was big. And Michael Ward has said a lucky 12th, because we're Palace. What more can you say about that? Um, last thing we're going to do is, down to you, Chris, uh, a new feature, uh, it's the away pub recommendations from Chris Clark. And it's I'd see it more of a places to avoid if you don't want to see Chris rather than a recommendation. But, um, yeah, what you got for us this time, Chris? For I think that's, that's definitely a fair point in terms of pub recommendations. If you don't want to see me, then don't go to these places. Uh, the... Based on my positive memories of the trip to Sheffield United a couple of years ago, I mean, the performance wasn't so great uh, and the result definitely wasn't when we, the year that we lost 1-0 on the first game of the season. But the, there were a number of pubs that were really special. Uh, there's an area which anyone who's a real ale enthusiast will probably have heard of, which is called Kellam Island. And there's a whole little network of pubs. Annoyingly, it's the other way from the ground. So I would say... Get there early if you can. Do what I'm doing, which is going the night or before. Or come from the north. Or come from the north. That's also also an option. Um, but the point is from the railway station, the ground is to the south, and the, these pubs are, are mostly in the north. Uh, I would specifically recommend the Gardener's Rest and the Fat Cat, uh, which have a really extensive range of real ales. And uh, in, I think in the Fat Cat's case, that, that had a decent range of Belgian beers as well. Very, very good. Uh, so... Uh, if, if you do, I mean, I'm not promising I'm going to be there at the particular moment that fans arrive, but, you know, you can always uh, tag me on Twitter if you are planning to make a trip down to any of those. Uh, and there, there's also the Sheffield Tap. I think many away fans will be familiar with, you know, people who go to games regularly will be familiar with the chain of tap pubs. 
Um, it makes it sound bad to say that they're a chain. They're a chain in a good way in that they provide really a decent range of really good beers at re- sensible prices in decent locations. There's also the head of steam near the station as well. So those would be uh, my recommendations for this week. Hopefully see you there. And, and you're going to be in all three. At some point, yes. <laughs> well, I'm meeting Johnny Wood up there at the station, Celtic Johnny, um, or Celtic Johnny, who I met in Leeds last season. Um, who I used to work with many, many, many years ago. Um, and so I'm looking forward to seeing him. Um, I'm going to finish off by thanking Mikey, our producer, thanking Chris and Patrick for uh, the first show of the season, thanking everybody who's listened. Um, we are on TikTok. We've got loads and loads of stuff on the YouTube. DL's out at a wedding in Turkey. Um, he has said he's going to be going to a lot more away games this season, though. Uh, so there'll be more away content from him. We're on the Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. We're on Facebook. Uh, and we're on Threads as well. And not forgetting the Instagram. We have got a new social media manager. Um, I'm not wishing to put too much pressure on Alina there. But for this week, thanks for listening. And come on, you Eagles. Eagles. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.